When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith, here with Saul Bookman, Espo, and Gerald Borgay. Welcome in, Uh, gentlemen. It's Gerald Borleg is what it is. (laughs) Let's go. I I felt like Lindsay wasn't quite sure that Smith was her last name. Hey, she's like Lindsay Smith. Lindsay Smith. Uh, I said Lindsay Smorth the other day Smorth. when I was practicing for my Ryan House event. Lindsay so, Smorth, yeah. everybody. That's three time. Lindsay Smorth is one more Emmys. I bet you didn't know. There that. you go. <laughs> All right, I think we should start with a quick update from Gerald, who is at practice today. Is DeAndre Ayton okay? That's the most important thing we all need to know right now. Yeah, he's fine. Okay. Monty said, you know, DA told us that he was fine last night, um, but you kind of want to see with a head injury, that type of thing, a shot to the face the next day, if there are any lingering effects. Monty said they didn't do like a full practice today, but um, he was fine. He was a full participant in whatever they did. So Did did Monty confirm what Ali LaForce uh, reported last night, that that Willie Green is his bestie. Did we get that <laughs> confirmation? We did not get okay. that confirmation today, but they are really good friends. You know, they've all they both talked very positively about each other. Uh, we talked to Willie Green last night before the game, and he was saying, you know, like that's my brother. Um, and you know, he was appreciative that he got Monty's vote for Coach of the Year because he obviously <laughs> voted for Monty for Coach of the Year as well. We were debating him whether or not they were besties. I'm. Ju- I don't know if they're besties. I don't. I don't know say, Monty Williams' social life. <laughs> knowing Monty Williams in small amounts, of course, I would say if he had to name a best friend, it would be his wife. One hundred percent. I would guess that. I, yeah, I like that Gerald said Monty talks nice about him. So I assume if that's the the barrier for entry to be Monty's good friend, I could probably be Monty Williams' bestie, right? <laughs> he's. I don't think he's ever said a, a bad word unless you're a ref, and then even that's uh, kind of dialed back yeah i'm trying to think of who he's never really bad mouthed anyway he makes jokes with us but at our expense sometimes but that's about it was funny today Dwayne was uh i think on his phone he had recorded something to monty and it started playing in the middle of media review and he just like kind of looks at him and he goes instagram huh (laughs) he just loves to roast us sometimes he does gotta love monty and his dad joke type of humor it's always fun don't you rip the dad yeah, for real like, i didn't say anything be better than what was the one that you had last night was the one that you had last night that was terrible what what was we both high-fived about it was we were talking about the beach 
area outside of the arena. Oh, yeah. And oh, I said, I wonder fans. if they have any fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We killed that one, yeah. buddy. Terrible. <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, a little bit of Suns-Pelicans action. So Sunday night, obviously, the Phoenix Suns picked up game one of the series against the Pelicans with a 110-99 final. It was technically an historic night for some players on the team. We'll start with Chris Paul. So per ESPN Stats Info, Chris Paul is the oldest player in postseason history with 30 points and 10 assists in a game. That distinction was previously held by Steve Nash, also for the Suns, in Game 1 of the 2010 Western Conference Semis. And that's not all, Lindsay. There's more. (laughs) Uh, Chris Paul became the fifth player with 10 career playoff games of 30 points and 10 assists, joining LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Jerry West, and Oscar Robertson. So that's uh, quite the neighborhood to be in. Is that it? Is that all we have? For Chris Paul, yeah. For Chris Paul? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> no, seriously, like Chris Paul, that that eight minute stretch of Chris Paul basketball might be the best basketball you'll ever see at this level. Um, I, I mean, we've seen great performances before, but the methodical way by which he just it was just so nonchalant. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I could do this anytime I want to, just so you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. It was really unbelievable. And and we've had questions this year at various times about, you know, whether Chris Paul can still be that guy in those moments because he doesn't really look for his shots. Like we've seen him take over fourth quarters throughout the regular season, but never to like that degree where a team was coming back and he just decided like, no, you're not like it's over. They went under a couple screens. He hit three threes. He found JaVale McGee for a dunk. He found DeAndre Ayton on that one pass that that slipped out of DA's hands and then immediately stole the ball back. Um, and he was getting to the rim. He got like three layups, which Chris Paul never gets layups anymore. <laughs> he had that burst. Yeah. He had a burst. And they tried to put yeah. uh, several different dudes on him. And each time he was like, mm, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Icon de Perfume. Uh, perfume. However you want to say it. <laughs> it's Icon de Perfume. Oh, okay. Thank you. you I'll never be able to say that. Uh, he said last night, uh, CP3 was like when you help your kids with their homework and just say F it and do it for them. <laughs> it did feel like that. It was just, I, I okay, I've seen enough. It's it's my time. And uh, look, obviously historic from what he did, but even the eye test tells you we're watching something truly special. So. And that's, that is the difference between, in my opinion, him and Steve Nash, is that Chris Paul deals a little bit better with the physicality um, on the offensive side of the ball. And then, I mean, defensively, he's a much better player anyway. Um, so that's that's the separator between him and, and Steve Nash. And like last night, that that pass he intercepted looked like <laughs> it was intended to go right to him anyway. And he just was like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, No big deal. It was, it was and then a, he knew he was about to get fouled, so he just, all right, foul me. It was like a perfect pick six. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about this at lunch, Saul, so, but when I watch something like that, the way Chris Paul plays – I think to myself, it would be a damn shame if this guy doesn't get a title. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like like you always wanted the Suns to win with with Steve Nash, but I never felt like if this guy doesn't it doesn't get a title, it's it's bad on the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like if Chris Paul doesn't wind up being a champion, it's it's bad on basketball because there's not a guy that works harder that that just looks so naturally gifted out there. I, I I know I have a vested interest, but I'd like to see him win a Larry O'Brien is what I'm <laughs> what, what I'm saying. Well, this is like 
if he were to win a title, because we always talk about greatest point guards of all time, obviously Magic is usually top of the list. Steph Curry's in there. Isaiah Thomas is a guy that likes to be, you know, his name is thrown out there a lot. But like John Stockton met the criteria. Okay, don't even get me started on that. Um, But I, I think Chris Paul, like a ring for him would do what Dirk Nowitzki's first ring did for him or what Kevin Garnett's first ring did for him, like fully cement their status as all timers. Like we already know Chris Paul is an all timer, but to be in that elite group of, you know, top 25, top 30 players ever, that's the one thing missing from his resume. And, um, it would, it would be a pity if he didn't get there. And I think last night's performance indicates he's very much on board with the idea of getting one. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was his first 30 point game of this entire season, right? He didn't have any in the regular season. Nope. Picked a hell of a time. Right? Game one of the playoffs. He's like, I got this. Yep. <laughs> it's like Devin Booker with these seven threes in a game. He can't do it in the regular season, but has it in the playoffs already. <laughs> Triple-double so. as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that's when it that's when it really matters. So mm-hmm. why why have that happen in the regular season? Don't What's the point? It. So, Just yeah, exactly. Pace yourself. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on Chris Paul last night? Just in general and, and what you'd like to see maybe for game two? No, let's let's get to the, the actual historic night. Last yes, night, there's a yes. more historic <laughs> yeah. night that we don't happened. Need, we don't need to at, pussyfoot around this. Let's, let's, let's just get, get to, to the, the real meat stuff. and potatoes of why we're here today. Oh boy, go ahead, Espo. So, according to our friends at StatMuse, <laughs> Jay Crowder had the most historic night oh. anybody could imagine. Oh God, he became the first person, first starter in NBA history with a quadruple one in a playoff game: one point, one rebound, one assist. And one block. A quadruple single. They're referring to it officially at StatMuse as A.J. Crowder. I think that's a lazy name, but uh, but fine. I think it should be a boss man, one, 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 one. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah, they definitely could have brought a little creativity yeah, to it. This is why Espo doesn't run our branding. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think they could have brought a little more creativity to it. I like it. It's a Jay Crowder. If I said, oh, man, you just pulled a Gerald Bourget, would you like that? Well, it depends on what it meant. I'd have yeah, to exactly. cut the legs off my pants to pull a board listen, game. Right? Like, you know, last night, I don't think we spent enough time talking about how great Jay Crowder was on the defensive end of the uh, side of the ball. Like, mm-hmm. we kind of bagged on him for only having one rebound and and and, and really kind of bagged on him for, for his stats. But if you look at the totality of what he provided for the Suns on the defensive end, he did a fantastic job, especially guarding Ingram. Um, and bouncing around, helping, switching, like he did a, a great job. So a, a, a quadruple single, I don't know. I don't really view it as a negative as I might have last night in the moment. I I feel like that's Jay in general, though, because he'll have these games where <clears throat> offensively he's not there, and people are like, oh, it's time to start Cam Johnson. I think he's always been overlooked for the swagger and the defense he brings to this team and how important it is in that starting lineup. So... I'm not surprised that it happened last night. I'll say that for it, uh, that it, it wasn't surprising that it got overlooked. But, man, he's a, he is impressive in the little things he does. And until you get that second viewing of a game, a lot of times you do miss that in, in the way you look at it. And, I, you know, uh, what was it, Nikaias Duncan went through and, uh, and broke down a lot of film. And, that you know, when you take that, Second, to go look at the the specific plays he's doing on defense as part of the larger scheme, you really can appreciate the little things he's doing. I actually asked Monty about that today, about his defense on Brandon Ingram, because it was, you know, we we talked a lot about Mikhail Bridges and how he was following C.J. McCollum all over the place, but 
Jay was kind of doing something similar with Ingram, held him to, I think, six of 17 shooting. Um, and so I asked Monty about it, and he was saying, you know, look, we, we talked to him about, you know, just making it tough on him because Brandon Ingram's a long wing. He's going to hit some of those shots. Like, that's what he does, hit some of those turnarounds, those faders. But Jay Crowder did a phenomenal job just sticking with him, being all over him. Um, and that's kind of what he brings to the table. Like, I know he shot 0 for 4, but he didn't get a ton of shots. He didn't... I think the rebounding thing you could you could talk about. Maybe they need to be better. I actually asked Monty because you know when you're a defender and you play the Suns defense the way that they did in the first half, that takes a lot of energy. So sometimes when you're playing as a defender and your guy shoots and you see it go up, it's your natural inclination to be like, Whew, okay, I'm done. Like The shot goes up, I'm off the hook. And I think that kind of played into a lot of some of the offensive rebounding struggles because these guys were exerting a ton of energy just following these guys all over the court. Um, and, and I think that's something that maybe we'll see adjusted in game two is being a little bit better about hitting first and having that hit first mentality Monty talks about. Mm -hmm. Before we get into adjustments, though, let's keep mm -hmm. talking a little bit more about this defensive effort from the team last night. Charles Barkley said that Sunday night's defensive performance from the Suns was arguably one of the greatest defensive performances he's ever seen. Mm -hmm. Agree or disagree? The first half, certainly. Yeah, the first, I mean, the first half, for half sure. was was locked down. I mean, they they came out with a mission and they they accomplished it. Thirty four points in the first half. I mean, from <laughs> from any team uh, holding a team to that is pretty damn impressive. Sixty five points in the second half will tell you otherwise, though, and that's the that's the issue. So I would not agree with that. Um, I've seen other defensive performances uh, by other teams uh, that were more of a complete defensive effort, um, and so the, the Suns got plenty to clean up. Uh, you know, thirty eight percent. You know, the Pels shot 38% last night. Um, you know, you would take that. You would mm -hmm. take that if you're the Suns. But we know that first half was more of a, you know, a mirage than it was reality. They can shoot better than that. They had plenty of open shots, forced open shots based off what the Suns wanted to give them. I, I, you know, obviously, you want to take that into consideration as well. But I don't think the Pels are going to shoot that bad again. Um, the rest of this series, right? If they do, they shit, this is going to be a 4-0 sweep easily. Yeah, and in, in Charles's defense, he said that on the halftime show. So gotcha. it was in regards to the first okay. half, which thank you for I clarifying that. that. Yeah. I just saw the tweet come out about the game. So <laughs> Look, thank yeah. you. 22.4%, I, I believe, was what the yeah. Pelican <laughs> shot in that first half. And we talked about it a, a bit last night, but that that is in part Sun's defense, and that is in part bad freaking luck from from the pelicans on some of that shooting we mm -hmm. knew it would correct and that third quarter was was that kind of market correction if you will if they keep them under 23 percent again in another half i'd be i'd be shocked i don't <laughs> foresee that happening again the rest of the series so. no because they're an nba team but i i do think i think they were four for 18 on uncontested shots in the first half which you know, 18 is not that many uncontested shots. So I, I I really do think, and especially when you play that kind of defense, even when you do generate those kind of shots, it's still in your head. Like, okay, finally I have a shot. I got to make this. And I think that increases the pressure of those types of shots that should be gimmies. We can't talk about defense without talking about Mikel Bridges, of course. So mm -hmm. from Andrew Lopez on Twitter, per ESPN Stats Info, the Pelicans finished 2 of 16 with Mikel Bridges as primary defender, including 0 of 9 from C.J. McCollum. Now, C.J. did finish the game with 25 points, but he shot 36% from the field, and he attempted 25 shots Sunday night. What are your thoughts on just how Mikel Bridges continues 
to play some of the best defense that we've seen. Well, there was a talk on the broadcast that C.J. McCollum had been sick the, mm-hmm. the day prior. I don't know if you heard that mm-hmm. out there. So I don't know how much that played into it uh, in his overall performance. But we've seen this before. When you look at the specific defense that that Mikhail Bridges is playing uh, when he's one-on-one against a guy or any guy on the team, they usually shoot pretty poorly. That's that's the thing. But uh, so it does not shock me that Mikhail one on one forced even a good shooter and CJ McCollum to have a rough night. That's what he does. It's how do you how do the other four guys on the floor with him defend uh, as well? And I think that's last night, at least in that first half, was the difference. It was those other four guys were working in concert with Mikhail. I just I just think that the Suns are just an overall good defensive team, especially when they lock in. You know, we had some trash, trash tweet last night about how the Pels weren't taking advantage of the Suns' weakest um, portion of their defense, which was Devin Booker, according to this guy. And I'm like, uh, well, they can't take advantage of him for a reason. They got great overall team defense, and Book is a much improved defender. Like, you're not going to be able to just do whatever you want against Book like you could maybe in 2016. Like, this is six years later. Wake the fuck up and understand what you're talking about before you step into tweets that are irrelevant. Like, this team is such a, a great, fundamentally sound defensive team, and their schemes and the way they force you into uncomfortable positions um, take you to another level. And then you add in a guy with freak athletic ability and length like Mikel Bridges, and it's and, and you're in the conversation for, like, best defensive teams of all time if you're locked in. Um, and then what, what, what happens there? You switch and then Jay Crowder's guarding you and then you get to the basket and DA's right there. Like you're completely effed everywhere you turn. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, I've, I've used the word amoeba to describe this defense before, just the way they're able to switch and rotate, um, is unlike any team that's in the NBA right now. I know they didn't wind up as the number one defense this year, often or defensive rating wise, but it's because they rested a lot of guys down the stretch. Um, and, and I just think, you know, we asked Mikhail about it today as far as, you know, being a defensive player of the year finalist. And he said, like, I, I'm honored. But at the same time, like, it's about the four guys behind me, too. And, you know, we saw that last night with as often as they were trying to screen Mikhail Bridges to get him off of CJ to give CJ some breathing room. You know, then you've got D.A. stepping up or you've got Crowder or you've got Tory Craig, you've got Cam Johnson. Like, they have all of these different wings that can just switch and give you problems. And then you've got Chris Paul, who should be, you know, a liability at, at his age and his size. And he's coming through with three steals, stripping balls, getting deflections. Like there is no weak link on this defense anymore. Uh, it used to be Devin Booker, uh, you know, three, four years ago, but that's not the case anymore. The crazy thing is that I saw last night and I've seen all season. I'm really for the last two years is teams think that no matter what, if they can switch up and get uh, one of their bigs on Booker or, or uh, Chris Paul mm-hmm. down low, or even Mikhail Bridges, <laughs> mm-hmm. that they're going to be okay. And uh, at least for Chris Paul and for Bridges, or Chris Paul specifically, he's got like that country strong strength mm-hmm. where you just you don't realize how strong he really is. And Mikhail, like it's almost a mismatch the other way because he's so quick with his hands. He understands where you're going to go. His body positioning is always in phenomenal position. Uh, it's just it's unbelievable. Book it might be the 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 least of the three, and even Book has gotten so much better at positioning himself to not just get you know give turnaround little hooks. Like mm-hmm. he forces them to take 
uncomfortable shots, and that's what this team does all all the way around. Yeah, what I love to your point about uh, about the defense is. Unlike what we saw with the Pelicans where Chris Paul or Devin Booker would get the mismatch that they want, and this team does this to every team. It's not just against the Pelicans, but when they get the mismatch they want, there's nobody who can get a mismatch like that on the Suns Mm -hmm. because DA can even step out onto the perimeter when necessary, and if he winds up in a switch, he's good enough to keep a guy in front of him. So there's no way to get a mismatch with this defense, and that's what's so beautiful about it. And Mikhail... Uh, is is the it starts with him because there's not a guy that that he can be mismatched against in most cases. I mean, he had a block against a center yeah. last <laughs> night. I mean, that's how crazy Mikhail Bridges is on the defensive end. Okay, so there's a couple things going on in the chat right now. So Ju Ju said, "Isn't Book like top three in his position when it comes to defensive rating?" Uh, Phoenix Suns twenty two said, "Book actually has one of the worst defensive ratings." Do you happen to know, Gerald, off the so top of your head where Book he, kind of falls there? Among shooting guards, if you look on StatMuse, he has the best defensive rating among shooting guards. Individuals' defensive rating is not really a stat I put too much yeah. credence mm-hmm. into because it's noisy as far as who you're on the court with, how much you're on the court. Like If you look at the Suns' on-off numbers on NBA.com as far as their defensive rating, all of the starters are lower than the bench guys because they're playing a lot more minutes against better competition. Um, so those numbers can be kind of noisy, but when it comes to defense, especially with a defense like this that has so many moving parts and so many guys that can come in and out for each other, I, I feel like the eye test is a little bit more useful than something like defensive rating. But he does, on StatMuse at least, have the best defensive rating among shooting guards. Well, I mean, if you're going to compare, wouldn't you compare within your position a little bit more? Yeah. Like that holds a little more weight than just any position across it, it, all players, right? Yeah, yeah, you could compare, but again, kind of to Gerald's point, like they they don't really really care who they switch up on too often, right? Especially on the perimeter, like Book can guard any any number of positions, one through four. Um, same thing with Mikhail. Same thing with even Chris Paul. Like so, like like it's it's almost the same argument about All Star voting or or not All Star voting, but um. Uh, all NBA voting, like what position do you put this player at? You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm kind of just so tired of like, oh, he's a shooting guard because he shoots a lot. Like he should be the shooting guard. And that's what he is like. No, like book can play point. He can play small forward if you need to, because if you have two, two guards in the line, like it doesn't matter. They're all kind of positionless. Um, So like, that's a cool stat, but it's kind of a meaningless stat. Well, and defense, to again, to your point, Gerald, is such a team effort, too. Mm-hmm. Like, very rarely is it one-on-one, especially in today's game where where everybody's clearing out the lane and it's just mono-a-mono. It's, right. it's a whole team effort in that. So uh, it, it's tough to pick apart books specifically when compared to the team defense. And this team defense uh, is spectacular. So Yeah, and, and I don't – you know – I individual defensive rating i'm not going to say any stat is useless but that type of stat is best when paired with the eye test like you always need the context behind the stat for it to make it's a great argument uh stat you know like if you were like oh devin booker's the best defensive player in the league you know why because stat me who's had it like all right dude i get it yeah it's that one that one i wouldn't put it i we have a hard time quantifying and qualifying defense with stats because it's always going to come down to what you're watching and 
you know, things like steals, blocks, and rebounds are always going to sway a lot of those advanced metrics further than they need to. Mm-hmm. So defense more than any area of the game, this is probably going to be the case for a long time. You're not going to find one all-encompassing stat. Well, I mean, it. look at Jay Crowder for as an example. Right. Like, he's a perfect example. Like, stat-wise, you know, he didn't move the needle very much. Mm-hmm. But he was arguably one of their best defenders last night because he knows how to play great team defense. And so the stats don't really tell the story. Well, and I, I feel like... It also doesn't, uh, you know, the, these stats don't necessarily take into account for for scheme too, because sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be oh, guys out of position. Well, that's the scheme. Like there's a there's a way that they're doing things defensively. So you got to take everything into account for. It. So you're saying people who vote on Defensive Player of the Year should have to watch a minimum number of games in order to have a vote? If you have a vote on anything, you probably should have a a minimum number of games required. But especially when we're talking defense, if the eye test means more than the stats, right? I'm just saying. I'm being petty. I'm sorry. You You would think so. But he is. I mean, he is a finalist and there are a lot of good candidates this year. So that, that tells me. The vote could be very oh. split. That gives Mikhail more of a chance. I thought it was but, just Marcus Smart, and that was all. Well, that's oh. you know he's on the East Coast, so it's it's easier. That's to watch gonna those games. that's gonna make things complicated. And I feel like you know someone brought it up in the chat that like people mentioned how Book and CP3 being MVP candidates kind of cancel each other out, and that didn't really happen with Marcus Smart and Robert Williams because Robert Williams was as much a part of their defensive dominance, especially in the back half of the year, as anyone. Um, I don't know. I I hope Mikhail wins. He doesn't have a conventional stat based case. If you I went over this and on the website, but like the stats aren't in his favor in any regard. But if you watch him play and the amount of minutes that he plays against the league's best and the job he does against them, he has a legitimate case, even if it's unconventional. Did he mention anything at practice just about even being a finalist for that award? Yeah, I mean, he he had said, um, you know, he was honored by it, but it's he he's he always deflects, he always kind of dodges praise about himself. Um, so he was giving props to his guys around him because he says he can't do what he does without that interconnectivity that they have in that starting lineup and and the guys around him and the way that they're able to cover for him or help him or take other assignments. You know, he he always downplays what he does, but I really hope he wins. That would be nice. I'm pulling for him. He he takes (laughs) after the mentality of his coach. Yes. Who deflects as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we all know NBA playoffs mean next level basketball, and you guys can get in on the first round action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win one. To win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. Plus, Each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay does not hit. Oh, yeah, same-game parlay. (laughs) Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. Once again, that is promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just a reminder, that's 21 and older only, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. I also want to remind everybody that... Reminder. 
420 is just around the corner, aka my birthday, and what? you can Hold celebrate. Hold on. Wait, you're what? a 420 baby? Yeah, how did you You guys buried the lead. We just what? learned this now. You absolutely buried the lead. It's not my fault you guys don't know me. The intro the right there was the all about my birthday's coming up. So OG's is in the house. It's a perfect combination. Oh, man. I just, that's what I said. Once again, guys, why do I know that and you guys don't? Thank you, Shane. Shane cares why about Why do you me. know that, Shane? Why are you throwing us under the bus? Right it's now? just another thing, I guess. I don't I, know. I feel like Shane knows anybody that was born on 420. I just feel like that's a <laughs> hobby of Shane. everybody think I smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs> don't discredit Shane's friendship. Towards me. Okay? Oh, we've already discredited it. We don't even have to say Shane it. Shane clearly cares about me no, as a person if no, he knows when my no, birthday is. No, That's all no. I'm saying. I, I'll never no. forget when your birthday is. It's now. really easy to remember. You've That's never all I'm told saying. Me if you forget it, there's a problem. The beanies anyway, make so much sense. 420 and my birthday are coming up. We're just a couple days away, and you guys can celebrate with our friends at OGs. They're really good people with amazing scratch-made THC gummies. Our PHNX family hung out with them at the Buds of Palooza this past Friday, and they gave away two tickets to game one. And if you weren't able to join in on that fun, you can still show our friends at OG some love and have your own kind of fun. They have amazing flavors like orange creamsicle, tropical, watermelon. So definitely check them out if you are interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer. Go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OGs near you. If you could have a birthday flavor for you, Lindsay, what would it be? Uh, I feel like the <laughs> tropical one sounds interesting and kind of right up my alley with the gummy, but like a blue raspberry also sounds really good. You don't want to create like your own blend? That seems like a lot of work. For your birthday? No. <laughs> I that is the most you're not literally blending it yourself. Like <laughs> Thinking well, that like, is my difficult. favorite, um, like if we're talking gummies, right? Sour Patch Kids are like one of my favorite gummy candies. Mm -hmm. which, the blue which, which and the one? red yeah, are the know. top mm -hmm. choices. So they blend trash. those two together. Red is delightful. No. What's no. your favorite Starburst color? I need now. I need to know. Ooh, yellow. Uh, pink. It's pink. Pink. Pink you is the goat. Red Sour Patch are trash, and your favorite Starburst is yellow. I no longer trust your opinion. <laughs> He's drinking Coke Zero. Of course, his taste is trash. <laughs> I mean, Coke. <laughs> Original hey, is good. Coke, Coke is zero. Big bomb. Hey, Coke let's zero is awful. Any potential sponsors? Yeah. Except well, for hey, red, red. Uh, if Coke comes in here, if Coke Zero comes in here, I will wear all your shit. I don't care because I will sell out like that. <laughs> I won't if it's a red Sour Patch kid. Screw that noise. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. I'm done. I refuse. Still waiting on Monroe's. All right, guys, let's take a look Ooh, a ahead. Hot a hot chicken edible. It's that, Gus's that's now, really man. Cool. Monroe's is gone. I don't know no, Gus is is the goat. Dude. Do they have hot chicken sandwich or spicy does, chicken sandwiches? Yeah, dude. See, these no. are different categories of foods. Honestly, I smell True. a draft later in the week. <laughs> oh, oh boy! Just well, ruining friendships here. left and right. He'll be in New Orleans. Oh yeah, I'm ducking the draft. I'm chicken. <laughs> that was a back to back. That's a freaking dad joke right wow. there. That was that, very good. That, that, Fair or foul? Ah, <laughs> there you go. Oh my! So sorry. <clears throat> Y'all are over two on dad jokes this week. Whoa, whoa! I'm whoa, like three wow, for three. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> we've murdered the game in dad jokes this week. <laughs> we're in the ring of honor of dad jokes. Yes. Let's move All right. On. Let's take a look ahead at game two, kind of preview it a little bit. 
what adjustments do you guys think need to be made by the sun? Just fucking rebound. <laughs> That's it. That's okay. it. Just rebound. Rebound the fucking basketball, <laughs> and you're going to win by like 40. That's all. Look, you don't even have to, and you can win by 11. We saw that. <laughs> that's true. So just go out there and play with intensity, and that's all. That, like, just stay locked in. The only thing that can beat this uh, this Suns team in this series is if they have a mental lapse, and they do it for more than one quarter. I mean, that's when they'll be in trouble. But otherwise, this should be a, a series where they can just play their brand of basketball, even with the rebounding deficiency, and be fine. But you know Willie Green's going to adjust. You know he's going to make changes, but I just there's not enough there to do it. I'm, I'm interested to see what Willie Green does. I think on the Sun side, obviously, the rebounding thing is the biggest item. Um, and I'll be writing about this for tomorrow, doing a deep dive into all of the rebounds, like what went wrong. But my initial impressions are there was some ball watching from the wings. There were a couple of instances where DA just didn't put a body on JV. And... Other than that, like there were a couple that were kind of like, is that really an offensive? Re like a couple of them were blocks from the Suns that just were returned to the Pelicans, yeah. and that counts as an offensive rebound. Like the one, I think it was a, it was a block off the backboard, and yeah. JV dunked it off the backboard. I was yeah. like, okay, I yeah, mean, there were like two or three of those. So you know, I'm not saying that that lets them off the hook, but like in a couple of those instances, the number was a little more inflated than you know, 25 offensive rebounds, 29 second chance points sounds. Um, but for me, I'm more interested in what the Pelicans try to do to adjust because like there's not an adjustment that's there for them to get them in the series. You're, you can take Jackson Hayes off the floor and put Trey Murphy in there to have some floor spacing. But, you know, if you go Larry Nance, Chris Paul cooked Larry Nance off the dribble yeah. last night, too. So there isn't like they're going to target somebody. And I love Devin Booker for telling us this. He mentioned the term pigeon is something that they use to describe someone who doesn't play defense on the other end that they're kind of targeting. Like last year, Michael Porter Jr. was the biggest, the fattest pigeon out on the court. <laughs> like this year, I think in this series, at least Jackson Hayes was a big one. Larry Nance turned into yeah. one unexpectedly. Um, so these are guys that, you know, in uh, the water boy, when he's lining up the onside kick and he looks mm -hmm. at the guy oh, and he's like yeah, scared. There's my bitch. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what pigeon means for this team. So I am kind of interested to see like what they do. Correct. Of course, Monty came up with a, with a nice, easy term I don't know if it's this. Monty or if it's the guys, but Devin Booker just dropped that, and I thought it was interesting. I was like, why Pigeon? I need to follow up about this. <laughs> Fabio in the chat, Michael Pigeon Jr. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, you know what I found interesting? It, it felt like uh, Willie Green was was sending you know, four guys to crash the boards at time mm -hmm. on the offensive end, but that also opened up when we saw the Suns running mm -hmm. the other way, too. So... So it's a game of chance that they're really playing by doing that. And if the Suns just take care of things like they did in that first half, it, they're off to the races. <laughs> you saw it, didn't you? I did. I did. I'm like, no, I can't unsee it. Damn it. Oh, man. So we made a very funny comment in the chat, but I'm not going to repeat it. Some jokes are not appropriate for the audio. You just have to come to the live to be able to see what's happening in the chat. Oh that, that's just all there is to it. Oh, God. <laughs> I looked up and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, okay, two things. Mm -hmm. First thought on the offensive rebounding and just rebounding in general. It is something that every single player that and coach 
that we've talked to since the end of last night's game has addressed. Yes. If not once, maybe three or four times. Mm -hmm. So it's at the top of their mind, obviously. And this was kind of funny. I thought came out of practice today. Cam Johnson said he told his mom before Sunday night's (laughs) game he was going to get 10 rebounds. He only ended up having one. And he's like, I really let her down. She was pretty upset. So now I really (laughs) got to make good on my promise in game two. I thought that was cute. Little mom encouragement yeah. there. You got something to live up to now. Yeah, he was saying like the first thing out of her mouth went because apparently at the Johnson household, he goes home and they'll all like watch games and like all of his family members, brothers, mom and dad will like pick apart things that happen in the game, like areas where he can improve or things he did well. And so the first thing his mom told him was like, you promised me, you promised <laughs> me 10 rebounds and you got me one. Man, they must have had a field day when Puff yacked on the court. And yeah. <laughs> Poor Puff. Um, I, thought, I thought Puff was having a heart attack. Man. I know. I was like, oh, it was scary for a second. It was pretty scary. Out there. He, he, gave yeah, it he almost all. left his soul out there, too. Yeah. Man, I was like, what is going on with my ball guy? boys and that. The, the kids that got to run out there and clean the court. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Have you ever thrown up in a, in a sporting event? Yeah. <sighs> No, uh, football practice once, but not not in an action. I dry heaved several times in the middle of basketball games. Oh, in in the middle of basketball games? Oh, yeah. Like I was literally like coming up the court and I was just (laughs) just like, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, but I would get that second wind right after that and then I was good for the rest of the game. Have Second a, win. Oh yeah, Donovan McNabb. I have a I have a story for this if you want to hear it. Mm-hmm, of um, course. I, we had a party in college oh, for my fraternity, and the next day it was a philanthropy event of three on three basketball, half court basketball. Ooh. And I was very out of shape, and we wanted to win, so I tried very hard. And after the game, <laughs> if you're eating, please just pause this and finish your food, and then come back. I filled up a Gatorade bottle and a half of throw up, so I wouldn't get it on the court. Oh. And so from then on. That, that the psychological issue that you have to have to hold the bottle and, and be able to make it in there. It's a oh, very pro- refined. Oh, that was probably the only shot he made all day, day too. <laughs> so. I, I, I had 13, 5, and 7. I keep those stats. <laughs> you remember you that. We are going to have a damn off athletic competition in this That's bitch because I, I too bad. The give presidential like, fitness test. Is that what we're doing this here? is ridiculous. The shaming that is going on. You just shamed I, him. I did like that he had and, to have the qualifier that like we wanted to win. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried hard. Michaela trying to shame us in her stupid lineup of baseball. I, oh, I have to be the first gosh. base coach. I'm not ready. I forgot where I was. I was like, batting fifth I I as the DH. I was like, That's I'm fair. a relief pitcher. I don't no. want to hear it. No. <laughs> no. Can you get us back on the rails, Lindsay? Sure, why not? Uh, y'all talked about the adjustments that you're curious to see from the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts, any um, predictions on what those might be? Well, in practice today, apparently he told Pelicans writers that he's not going to make an adjustment because his reasoning was, you know, we just had a bad first half. I'm looking at the film of that game and I'm like, you had a bad first half for a reason. Like Jackson Hayes played 11 minutes. It was a minus 11 and that doesn't sound like a lot. It was it looked worse than it was plus minus wise, but like that kind of stuff matters in a playoff game where every margin is important. Um, like I said, I would put uh, Murphy in there because he's a shooter. I know he's a rookie, but he's a good guy who can spread the floor from three point range, which they didn't have a lot of release valves for CJ. You know, he was being hounded wherever he turned. They need a little bit of floor spacing to open things up. Jackson Hayes doesn't provide any of that. You, you lose a little bit of the offensive rebounding threat, but like 
JV had that covered by himself. <laughs> so I think that's what you do. I wouldn't be surprised if they go with a little more Larry Nance, a little more Trey Murphy. But for right now, at least, it sounds like Willie Green is setting us up for the starters are going to be the same. If I'm, I don't know, if I'm Willie Green, I, I reconsider the pressing. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't seem to be impacting the Suns, at least in game one, the way that they had hoped. I, there's too many guys that can bring the ball up mm-hmm. for the Suns, and it just seems like it's it's a whole lot of effort that's going to waste, in, in my mind, defensively. Mm-hmm. I, I'd probably drop back that coverage, but that's just me. I mean, there's not really much. Again, going back to your point, there's not much adjusting he can do right? Uh, because there's <laughs> going to be a mismatch, and they're going to put themselves at a disadvantage at just about every single turn. So, um, no, that's why they pay him the big bucks and not us. Right, you like <laughs> – that was the killer last night, I think, is because you look at Chris Paul during the regular season, he shot less than 32% from three. He didn't have a good shooting year, so they go under a couple of screens. He knocks down three threes back to back. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? Because you double him, he's going to get the ball out, and the Suns have the playmakers to make you pay. You put Herb Jones on on Book, then Chris Paul's going to be the one that picks you apart again. And Book got off to a great start last night with Herb Jones on CP3. So, like, what... There's not a ton you can do. You can try and throw all different things in the kitchen sink at the Suns, but they're going to find a way to get the around. The only it. adjustment they can make is pray to God that McCallum and Ingram go off. Yeah. That's it. Which will be hard to do when you're facing defenses like the Suns, yep. Mikel, Jay, DA. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a difficult challenge for them. They might have moments within games where they go on like a little bit of a heater, but – can they sustain that throughout the course of an entire game against this Suns defense? Mm-hmm. Remains to be seen, but I say no. No, and then on their defensive side, when you've got freaking D.A. hitting threes and, <laughs> and what looked like an actual play run for him to shoot that three, like you're you're just you're running out of options. You can't hide guys anywhere. You're, it's just a, a mismatch, and this is why it's the one – Really, it's the one nine matchup because they were the ninth best team mm-hmm. in the in the West. Like, there's a reason that there's this big of a gap between these teams, and you're seeing it right now. The Suns are just more talented, so it is a pick your poison. You're going to get picked apart regardless of where you go, unless Zion comes back. That's not happening. I know it's not happening. I'm just saying, like, hey, at some point they're going to be desperate, and they're going to maybe if Zion's like right there. They're gonna. They might say, "Hey, let's just pray for a miracle and hope that this is a difference." Zion looks like me right now. Like I don't think he's coming in. Mm, that's not at, fair. Uh, he he looks out of shape because he's had a foot injury all year. He's not going to be in NBA shape and be able to come in and have a massive impact uh, on a series. Like uh, it's not. It's just not going to happen. I don't. I don't see. How that's that's going to be even a break glass in case of emergency kind of thing here for the for the Pelicans. This is already a win of a season because they got to this point. I don't see them risking the future to try to steal a game from the Suns. Coda, that's the whole point of my comment is that they would be reaching by pulling in Zion. I'm not saying Zion will come in and do shit. I'm just saying like that's the only thing that I could see changing anything or any dynamic whatsoever for the Pelicans is by hoping and praying for a miracle that Zion came in and actually was a force. Right, and I think it's, you know, obviously we all know the unlikelihood that he'll actually return, but I I agree with you. If he did come back, it does change things. It adds somebody, another bruiser, where the Suns 
are a little bit more vulnerable in that regard and they're starting five. And the Pelicans, they just need another option. Like they need more firepower because if you can get away with Mikhail sticking CJ and Jay Crowder harassing Brandon Ingram all over the court, like you don't have any other release valves. You don't have any other outlets. You don't have enough firepower. Zion would help them in that respect. Um, but again, the likelihood that he's able to not only come back, but come back and be a, an immediate factor, that's, you know, that's a tough ask. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, even if he did come back and he was was any sort of a factor in this game, it would maybe get them one win. I don't think it would be enough to push a series into their favor against the Suns. Yeah. No, I, so it's, defense, it's irrelevant. On the defensive end, it would give another guy the Suns could exploit. I mean, you get a switch. Yeah. You know that Devin Booker and Chris Paul are going to go right at Zion, who's coming off a foot injury and, and, mm-hmm. and is struggling. So that would not uh, would not shock me to, to see them just pick him apart if they come back. I just don't. They're not. They're not going to bring. I'm going to say this right now because I feel like we're kind of losing sight of I, the Pelicans aren't a great team, but they did play better basketball down the stretch, and they won two playing games to get to this point. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a much better effort from the Pelicans tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're just going to play overall better, and it'll be a closer game tomorrow. But the Suns will still win. Um, I think the Suns will still win by 10 or 11, but it'll be closer throughout the game as opposed to a blowout right off the bat. And then we just kind of sat here and just kind of wondered, you know, okay, can we run this clock out? And then the third quarter happened, and things got a little dicey, and then they blew them out again because Chris Paul is Chris Paul. So... I think tomorrow's going to be a much better effort all the way from from the start to finish. But I think you won't see the Suns have a third quarter like they did. You won't see a quarter where there's a major lapse. I think this will just be a more consistent game from both teams overall. I think, yeah, I think we might see the script flipped. I think the first half will be more competitive than last night. And I think it'll be one of those cases where the Suns just take care of business in the second half like we've seen them do so many times. By the way, the person in the chat asking where you can get this Sweet PHNX hat, IngramPHNXLocker.com, and uh, pick up yours. Gerald, is there anything else from practice today that stood out to you that you'd like to share with the group? I mean, there was a ton of stuff. When we've got come playoff time, we got a lot more people in the building, so we got a lot of questions. Uh, Valuable and, stuff is what we meant. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. no, I, I think we pretty much covered the big thing. You know, Monty, he talked a lot about the first hit mentality as far as putting bodies on guys when they're crashing. Um, and that seemed to be the general consensus. We talked to Mikhail and Cam as well. Um, Cam Johnson, he was asked about what it means to be a sixth man of the year finalist. And his thing was like, I'm chalking this up to a group award for our bench mob, which I think we can kind of agree is, you know, Cam was obviously their best bench player this season, but um, you know, he doesn't have like a realistic shot of winning, but it is cool that he's kind of in that conversation because he did have a great year and, He's emblematic of how good the Suns bench was this year. So that was kind of cool. Him and Mikhail both downplaying what they do and, and giving props to their teammates. Thank you, Gerald. Appreciate you. All right, guys, with uh, playoffs officially in full swing, we're going to be hosting some fun gatherings, some watch parties. We're all going to be going to arenas. We want to make sure everyone's staying safe and healthy. So uh, COVID-19s are free for everyone five and older. 
Those 12 and older are also <laughs> now COVID-19 eligible shots, people. The vaccine. COVID-19. A booster. Yeah. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. <laughs> I mean, COVID-19 is free for everybody. Too. What did I say? You said COVID-19s are for everybody. Oh. I was like, what? Uh, shots. Shots, people. COVID-19 vaccines are free. <laughs> Sorry. The virus is free too, let's be fair. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Dang it. Don't worry. (laughs) I know how you feel, Lynn. Oh, no. I did that last night. (laughs) All right. Well, it's time for some screenshots. So let's get into it. Um, Who wants to start us off here? I can. Okay. I'll take it away. I'll start. Right before the show, I saw this tweet uh, from Adrian Wojnarowski that. Freaking starting lineup figurines are coming back in <laughs> September, and I am I am irrationally excited for some really dumb pieces of plastic <laughs> of NBA and NFL athletes. These mm-hmm. were a part of my childhood. Had a bunch of Barkley, Marley. I think I had a Tom Chambers. Maybe Steve Nash one somewhere. Somewhere, like I, but but I am I am irrationally irrationally. No, that's a McFarland figurine. That is not oh, a okay. starting lineup over there. But these these are much cheesier than the McFarlands. But I want a Devin Booker. I need a Devin Booker starting lineup, and I may be able to get that were, in September. Were they the ones that were like on the like pole that you, that could like rotate? No, that was like McFarland. These literally oh, okay. were. They like came with figures? a basketball. They came with a basketball or baseball or football card. Okay. They were. They basically were stationary. They had a little, uh, little stand on them. It, it basically, pointless plastic that you would set on something. Okay. Uh, uh, that you didn't really need, but I will buy far too many of them when they come <laughs> but out. But didn't the McFarlane ones also have a stand and a platform? Yeah. McFarlane ones were were more – they looked like art. These were like – you could barely tell that it was the athlete that it was supposed to be, and you really were just like, oh, that's oh cool. that kind of looks like the Suns jersey. Cool. And uh, But they were like they were like eight bucks at Toys R Us, so you could con your parents into them. So. <laughs> Saul, you've got two. You want to start I with do. one? Yeah, let's go with uh, just pop any one of them up, up there, Shane. All right, this one. Uh, man, I can't read it. Says my buddy pours <laughs> cereal Jesus milk Christ. back in the carton post cereal consumption. What say you, Twitter? And there was a handful of people in those comments that said genius. And then the other half were like, you're effing disgusting. What? I will say this if you pour your milk back into the carton, you are not only a psycho, but you should be locked up forever. That is gross. Well, but is it is it just like one one cereal? Like you have a milk for each cereal you eat? Because I'm not putting my daughter's Lucky Charms milk in with some cinnamon toast crunch milk. How that just sounds like ass. ass. How do you know? How do you know that would be oh. ass? Have you ever uh, tried if it? You've never I tried it. You, oh. It would be ass. No, I don't know. Yeah. That could, actually, you kind of stumbled onto something right there. I might want to yeah. try that. No. That was. That's some like serial killer tendencies. Yeah, yeah. No, pun intended or pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> killing it today. Oh no! no <laughs> uh. It's my birthday week, and the dad jokes just keep on going. <laughs> yeah. There are gifts to you. Well, if you if you if you, if you fight you it, they'll come back even further. <laughs> I feel like you need to bottle the now. Now I'm thinking like places should sell flavored milk like that, not they just do. chocolate. They but, do. Here's Lucky Charms flavored milk. They, they do. They do? They yeah. do? Okay, they yeah. also have, what? there's an ice cream place in town that makes ice cream out of milk that's been soaked in the cereal mm-hmm. first. That sounds mm-hmm. like a waste of cereal. And then they use that milk to make the ice cream, and apparently it's bomb. It's bomb as hell. What do they do with the cereal? 
That's my I'm problem. guessing throw it away. <laughs> what a waste. That's a waste of food. There are hungry children that would happily eat your soaky cereal or soggy cereal. <laughs> what the hell I'm trying to say? Soaky cereal. Soaky cereal. Soaky yeah. cereal. You're still not wrong. I'm not. Yeah, they would eat it. Soaky? I mean, is it any Soaky's different than like, it is now. <laughs> you could make the argument that it's the same when you're cooking and you use like a juice from like a lemon or lime. You're throwing away the pulp and things of that sort. But that's the point that's of, like juice. Of, of the fruit is to get the juice. The cereal, it, the point of it is to eat said cereal. But you're doing the same thing in theory. You're still throwing away food. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is we need to do a soggy cereal bracket next time. <laughs> yes. You know like what? what cereal has the best milk? <laughs> oh. Fruity Pebbles for the win all day long. That's Okay, you know what I had pebbles, the too. other day? Oh shit, now I forgot about it. It's the the thing that has the frog on the front of it. Smacks. Yeah, Smacks. They're so good. Yes. I totally forgot about Bro. that cereal. Smacks, Smacks. We were talking about that the other day. Yeah. But I didn't know what it was because I had mm. completely forgot about it. I needed to see it. Mm -hmm. And they're so bomb. Smacks by the way, smacks by the way, thank you to bees. Soaky is totally a word for sure. Yep. <laughs> Use it in a sentence besides soaky your cereal. I was out in the rain and my socks got all soaky. <laughs> soaked? <laughs> that was quick. Yeah. That was no, really no, no, I'm gonna contend soaked. Wouldn't soaked be the word there? Yeah. My socks got soaked. Too. Soaky. So let us like go have this, I'm Gerald. Just, just, just let Gerald, I can argue fake it. words with you all day if you want to go down this we, rabbit hole. I guess we can. <laughs> My socks are all soaky. Gerald, what's your screenshot? <laughs> yeah, so we got a new trailer today, a teaser trailer for Thor Love and Thunder, and it was just a nice reminder of me picking my childhood crush exquisitely because Natalie Portman is Thor. Just going to make life better. Oh, oh, hold on. Natalie Portman girl, what? huh? Oh, was yeah. that... I, I got, was that from Star Wars? Phantom Menace, 100%. Oh, okay. yeah, a million times. I thought yes. it was closer, oh, sure. but then I figured it probably For sure, right. yeah. For those of you that get that reference, congratulations. I would turn to the dark side for her, too. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I'm yeah. really excited for you, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I thought I thought that trailer was underwhelming when we've gotten... It's just a teaster. I, I get it, but we've had... Uh, you know, No Way Home and 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 a million into, freaking. Here, here's movies. my theory: is that it ties because we got a trailer super late. Like this comes out in a couple months. I think it. What happens in this movie ties directly into what happens in Doctor Strange, so they don't oh. want to spoil anything. So you're thinking that's we my get a little oh. Natalie Portman as Thor in the multiverse I, of madness. I think so. Oh. I'm here for it. I don't know what any How of this exciting. means. How exciting! <laughs> <laughs> the most patronizing so right shit. Now. <laughs> no idea. Okay, the first one was genuine. The second one was yeah, oh, a man. little bit. <laughs> I am very excited. Well, for thank you. you, thank you. I'm excited for me too. Gerald mostly excited for all the ladies dressing as uh, Lady Thor for Halloween this year. My girlfriend is going to be ecstatic <laughs> about that. He said, I am uh, no exercising my right. Gerald physically not... put his hands up. I, I plead the fifth. Leave me. I didn't leave do this. Me. Oh, no. All right. My screenshot was last night. Kyle Kuzma tweeted out Phoenix best crowd in the league. This confirms it. Kyle Kuzma will become a Phoenix Sun next season. <laughs> Argue with your mother. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe what, maybe, Maybe when he's a, uh, a free agent, but I think he has an enormous amount of money left on his contract. Do you remember when the Suns were bad and anytime anybody tweeted about them, that was the immediate reaction? Yes. Like, mm -hmm. it's confirmed. This guy's coming to the Suns. Everybody and their mom was going to Everything's going to change, you guys. <laughs> 
And then everybody was like, Chris Paul is going to get traded to the Suns. And everybody was like, shut the fuck up. That is the dumbest That's thing I've ever, ever happen. Why would they do that? Then he got traded. Million. What? <laughs> yeah, but I do insane. like this tweet, though, because it is cool to start seeing. Um, we've known for a while that the Suns fan base is diehard, right? Yes, we went through some really rough years where things were a little bit lighter and thinner <laughs> as far as fans at the arena and cheering it on. But we all know that Phoenix is a basketball city. And this this fan base loves this team. And it's cool to see players from other franchises recognizing the home court advantage that Phoenix does have. As, as Sean says in the chat, light skin's taking over Phoenix. <laughs> Hashtag light skin. There you go, Sean. I, I feel like Lindsay would not like Kyle Kuzma in town because he'd be encroaching on her uh, beanie uh, mm. style. Because he's, Stay out of my yeah. territory. We'd probably have to fight. But do you remember when Stephen A. Smith suggested that the Sun should trade Devin Booker for Kyle Kuzma. God, yeah, good dumb. times. That was dumb as shit. Welcome to the other side of hard, gentlemen and yeah. ladies. This is uh, <laughs> this is where we are now. We no did more it, Steven you guys. Smith. We made it. <laughs> it is interesting though, because you rarely hear players from other teams talk about another fan base in that. Yeah. they always right. say like, "Oh, we have the best fans in the NBA." You know, like Orlando. We have the best fans in. The- okay, sure, mm-hmm. buddy. But like to hear him go on Twitter, that that is kind of cool because we we this fan base has been through the ringer. And like I've said a bunch of times, and everybody on the Suns has said this too, there is no playoff environment like Phoenix, like what we've seen this year already and last year especially. Yeah, I agree. All right, so you have one final screenshot. Yeah, this travesty of a of a screenshot right here. This piece of artwork it was hanging somewhere at some restaurant and oh. said, bro, we want to Neo's last night. I don't know where Neo's is. This NBA painting has us dying. Look at the faces. And... First of all, there's so many questions. Number one, why is Chris Paul in there twice on the left-hand side with the Rockets and with the Clippers? Is that good? And then you have Larry Bird in the background. He's the only one of the prior generation or the 80s. Um, I don't understand that either. (laughs) Then, Then you have like... Kurt Heinrich. Why is Kurt, Kurt Heinrich, Heinrich in? has made an appearance? <laughs> That's uh, what it stood out to did me. Did Kurt Heinrich take up painting? <laughs> I <laughs> don't even know what is happening in this photo. It is the and the pictures. That's the thing that got me. The screenshots of people zooming in on some of these images are just like, oh my gosh, my guy just saw Satan. Uh, there was just all types of comments about it that were fantastic. Okay, like, what did they do to James Harden, first of all? Because that's not James he's, Harden. He's got second, a big-ass head. Second of all, Larry Bird looks like, what's that that picture of the screaming person? Edward Munch, the scream. Yeah. Yes, the scream. He looks like the scream in the background. He it looks act- terrifying. It actually looks like the guy that played Larry Bird in Winning Time. It, does, <laughs> it, it looked like they painted him. I yeah. It, it, just a lot of weird stuff. Chris going Paul on down in the corner looks like Andre Iguodala. I just, I, I, <laughs> I can't. Just, I still can't get past. How does Kirk Heinrich sneak into that photo? <laughs> Go bring that photo back up. <laughs> I'm telling you, Kirk Heinrich. So if painted you look, this. if you if you look in the <laughs> back, if you look in the back, you see an image of like what's supposed to be, I think Michael Jordan, but it says <laughs> somebody said when your uncle in the military buys you. Jordans from Korea. <laughs> this is the symbol on the tongue. Yes, a million percent. Like so many things that are flawed with this. Oh man. All right, I'm gonna be that person because surprise. When am I not? I actually think it's not terrible. Like, sure, the faces aren't great, but like, what y'all three of you put your heads together, you could create that. Well, I'm I just saying. I don't but know I wouldn't I'm try. I don't have a problem. Yeah, but with the artists art. have to start somewhere. 
No, yeah, you can start anywhere you want. You don't have to put that shit in a restaurant. I'm buying that like, painting. You deserve to get roasted for a shitty I'll... painting if you want to put it out in the public. Hold on. I'm fine with it. I'm buying that painting and getting it in our studio. Oh, do man. it. I, I'm going to find it and fact, get it in you the know studio. What? We, sh- we, will, we will paint things, and I guarantee you we can come close to something like that. I oh, no, 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 no. I don't no. have a problem no, with the painting. you could now, I don't have a problem with the painting itself, but Lindsay, explain to me why Kurt Eirich is on the freaking picture. <laughs> that I don't know. Okay. Maybe it was like a childhood favorite. Well, the, the great it's thing is, apparently the same artist has another photo, <laughs> and, it's, and it's hanging up in a restaurant in Lawrence, Kansas, of all places, and it's of Miles Simon, the former U of A basketball player, dribbling in the national championship, but for Kansas. That's strange. Hey, man. Take your L. It sucked. The multi- multiverse. I will say, though, is. if you look at that painting, though, while the faces are a little bit rough, everything else is pretty solid. I, so maybe it's just working on the faces. I'm buying Part that painting for the okay. year. They look like they're terrified. <laughs> they look like they're literally watching, like, a building crash in front of their <laughs> eyes. Go to kids, bro. I bet the owner of the restaurant son painted that. <laughs> Man, we're ripping on it. So we're gonna find uh, out. So? Some, what I'm saying. Some poor, some poor kid. It was a Make a Wish painting that he wanted his art in a restaurant, oh. and we're sitting here making fun of it. I, I, I obviously, I'm kidding about being able to, to to paint something like that. That that does take a high degree of skill for sure. However, comma, that doesn't mean I can't say it's a bad painting. <laughs> Is Larry Bird shooting left-handed? Hold yes. On. Hey, Bird yes. was that great. Yep. He could shoot whatever hand he yep. wanted, all right? Yep. <laughs> I mean, oh the story's about Larry Bird. I mean, we can go on and on about that. So <laughs> Go watch the latest episode of Winning Time. Uh, oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's Bird's in it. No spoiler alerts. <laughs> Last thing I got for you guys. Uh-oh. Well, it's more for the fans. We dropped a new shirt, oh, okay. and it's pretty dope. Yeah. You sickos. Uh, go Valley get the new sickos. shirt. Yeah, check it out at phnxlocker.com. It's pretty cool. You should definitely grab one. And right now, if you become a member of gophnx.com, you can get a shirt of your choice for free from our locker. This would be a good one to snag. Make I'm sure just saying. Make sure you're buying it from the phnxlocker.com and not getting the Valley Gerald Bourget sicko shirt that's on apparently some knockoff site. Yeah, Wait, so, what? Somebody posted in that in our Slack, like at the start of the show. <laughs> the, the title of it is like PHNX Gerald Bourget like shirt. Oh my god, that's amazing! Knockoff, <laughs> but Derek, Derek Montilla, our D backs host. Uh, did it? it it's, yeah, it's uh, it says Phoenix Suns Gerald Bourget Valley Sicko shirt. Love that. <laughs> Love so that. so get the real thing. Don't get the knockoff with Gerald's name. In his <laughs> yeah, Gerald. Don't Gerald's get my knockoff. Gerald's name is just so SEO friendly. Got to throw it in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's phnxlocker.com if you want the real authentic thing. Um and. We can't speak for anybody else's shirts, but I can speak for our shirts. Oh. They're really soft. They're really so, comfy. I can so. speak for the knockoffs. That shit sucks. Get the real deal. <laughs> it's right? going to itch. It's going to be First of all, the, if you pay on the knockoff site, you run risking losing your money completely. That's true. And then you're getting an authentic 100% cotton shirt that is just going to be completely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we, don't, we don't do that shit. We have no. nice quality material that we put our shirts on, and they don't shrink when you wash them. And like, our lawyers will sue the shit out of you, too. That's yeah, all. that's Yeah, that's (laughs) right. Just letting you know. So, pgxlocker.com. 
All right. That's all we got for you guys today. Thank you for joining us. As always, we will be right back here tomorrow with a pregame show. And then, of course, after the, the game ends, we'll be live on our YouTube channel as well. Until then, uh, have a great day. And you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take it home. Gerald, it's nice to have you in the studio. We'll see you sometime in the second round. Ahoy, ahoy. Turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. I'll always wreck the family.